1: You may be sitting in your house and a knock happens at your door. And when you go to see who's there, it's none other than two white-shirted young men with the title elder on there. So on this episode, we're going to be discussing what can you say to the Mormons at your door who come and knocking With me to discuss this very important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel.
2: It's a great question. Uh, that happened to me. I was a brand new Christian. I didn't know any other I didn't know other Christians. And before I knew it, it, got the knock on the door. Uh, Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses. I had my Bible. Uh, I'd sit down with a bunch of Jehovah Witnesses. I'd sit down with a bunch of Mormons. And I didn't know any Christians. But just reading the Scripture and devouring it, and I saw the differences between what they were saying. And then God gave me a heart for Mormons. Uh, so it's interesting because I've had a ministry to the cults for a long time, but mormons i if you're a mormon listening right now i specifically love you you know I, I my heart breaks for mormons and jws and there's a lot of scriptures you know that talk about being zealous and there's scriptures that talk about having a zeal for god but not knowing the true god uh and uh we believe we really want mormons to come to christ and if you're a mormon watching right now uh we just really encourage you to really stay tuned because you're going to be challenged uh and chad i think one of the first things when we talk about witnessing the mormons and if you're not a Mormon, you're like, man, I just want to know how to witness to Mormons more. Uh, I think, you know, you've come to the right place. Uh, by the grace of God, I've been able to lead Mormons to Christ. We were just talking to Tommy, just about up, up a brother uh, who came to Christ in our fellowship, who came out of Mormonism. And he's a servant of the Lord right now. And I we showed the God makers too uh, in our church years ago. And some Mormons showed up and one was leaving early. I went out and caught him before he got to the parking lot and sat down and began to have a series of Bible studies with him. He came out of Mormonism to Christ as well. And one of the ways I believe that's important to witness to Mormons is to let them know how high the stakes are. Because many Mormons uh, don't realize, I mean, I bought, I have 20 some volumes. I have what's called Journal of Discourses, which is the discourses of Brigham Young and other Mormon teachers and so-called apostles through the years that are so damning. And you can show them this damning type material. Uh, And I've had one Mormon missionary leave a house that I was helping the people at when they were trying to bring them to Mormonism and he got so frustrated with what I was reading, he kicked the door open. It was a it was a hot summer day here in Southern California, but so it was a, a it was a, a screen door. Uh, nevertheless, he kicked it open, and the brother I was with, a brother named Richard, went chasing down the street. Hey, you can't do that, you know. And another Mormon bishop wouldn't let me use the journal discourse. The gal, another house uh, that I was helping her out because they were trying to bring her to Mormonism, and uh, she said at the end, "Well, you won't even let him use your own works." That shows we have a lot to hide. Well, what we're bringing out here is things you're not going to see typically. But one of the ways I realized, it took a little time to get this, Chad, to witness to Mormons, you have to let them know what's at stake. Because a lot of Mormons have been taught a form of universalism. So they have the idea that only the most uh, hideous of people, you know, the sons of perdition, like Judas, uh, will will go to hell. But there'll be a celestial kingdom, a a terrestrial kingdom on earth, and there'll be a celestial kingdom, kind of in between kingdom. And pretty much everybody goes there. So the Mormon thinks, hey, you know what, even if if, if, if Mormonism is wrong, you know, at least, I'm you know, God's love, so therefore I'm going to have this eternal existence either way and you need to let them know, hey, that's not right because Jesus said, and these are the scriptures that are important to bear upon them, they don't really have an understanding of what the Bible says about hell. So you start saying, hey, what if Joseph Smith was wrong and when Jesus was right in Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 when Jesus says, uh, you know, enter the straight gate for narrow is the gate and straight is the way it leads to life and few are those who find it the way to life, right? But, Broad is the way, and spacious, or broad is the gate, and spacious the way it leads to destruction. And many go that way. And you let them know that what if you're being bamboozled? Because right after that, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. And don't you think you ought to look at this in case most people, as Jesus said, are going to hell and that your religion is wrong, especially when Jesus said that there would be many false prophets that would come? Because you have to keep in mind, Jesus did miracles in front of people. That didn't want to leave Judaism because it said they didn't want to be kicked out of the synagogues, and they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. That's one reason I believe Jesus shared so much on hell because he wanted to raise the stakes so people saw that their very eternity lied in the balance. So I believe we need to get the Mormon to see that because they've got the, you know, they go to the stakes, they go to the Mormon assemblies, and they're always hearing about Joseph Smith and a lot of their businesses and so forth, their associations. they're knee-deep in Mormonism, it would mean so much for them to leave. It's got to let them know this is about eternal life, and that should matter more to you than whether you're welcome in a certain group or not.
1: Yeah, Jesus made it very clear that he didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. And ultimately, it would be the household that would be divided. And one of the things, as Joe mentioned, I had the same encounter after I came to Christ, and that was Mormons at my door every day. I mean, every week, actually, it was a weekly encounter. They would come, and I would share with them and immediately they said, well, hey, we could get your, your family. They could be saved by proxy, uh, baptize them, uh, so to speak. And and all of these promises that happen when ultimately the promise of eternal life is the one thing that we really, really, really need to focus on. And this is important. As Joe mentioned, we love sharing with our Mormon neighbors. We love sharing with those. And they, they don't really like called being called that. They prefer Latter-day Saints. Um, but nonetheless, that is what... Uh, We're going to call them over and over again. Uh, And it's true that we love sharing with them. And that just happened most recently. You can see a couple of clips of us down on the streets of San Antonio. And it was right in the heat of COVID. And there was a lot of Mormons and they haven't been out. They've been basically going on online chats and starting conversations with people online. And that's where they were doing a lot of their mission work, so to speak, and these stakes being high are really important, especially with shows like The Chosen and Mr. Jenkins telling everyone, oh, that we, we trust the same Jesus. He's on, he's on Facebook joking with people that he's going to put Joseph Smith there at Jesus' death and having Jesus wink at Joseph Smith. Oh, it's all just fun and games and so forth. I wonder where the funding comes. But yeah, nonetheless, the reason why that needs to be stated first and foremost is because salvation is what is at stake. Getting the wrong Jesus is what is at stake. And so when it comes to that promise that Jesus said of the sword, even in the household, separating father, mother, sister, brother, this is why it's so important. So the first thing we have to go to, because when you basically say a shahada or when you pray and you have a burning in the bosom, one of the things you affirm is that Joseph Smith is a true prophet of God and the Book of Mormon is truly the Word of God It is another testament of Jesus Christ. So, Joe, do we have anything where we can try to say we're getting knocks at the door that this is why we don't believe that Joseph Smith is a true prophet of God?
2: Oh, absolutely. We have the uh, passages. Now, a lot of Mormons will claim to have had an experience. You know, they'll say pray, uh, and they'll ask you to pray and see if God gives you a burning in your bosom or a a sense and a a miraculous and they say, Joseph Smith prayed, and God said, don't join any church because all their doctrines are, are are an abomination to God and, and you know, the creeds are corrupt and, and they're, they're it's you know so forth. And so they'll have people pray and people will, and then people all of a sudden, that's dangerous. Well, how's it dangerous to pray? It's dangerous to pray when God says something about something and then you ask him if you could still believe it anyway. For instance, would you, as I ask you right now, whoever any of you who are listening, if someone said, hey, you know what? Maybe it's okay to commit adultery on your wife or your husband. Why don't you pray about it? Would you pray about that? No, you wouldn't, because God's revealed to us that doubt shall not commit adultery. Well, should I join the Mormon church? Well, when the Bible warns about a different Jesus, a different gospel, and false prophets, and Mormonism fits the bill, it's a shame because the Bible warns about a different spirit in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And it says, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds might be corrupted to believe in a different Jesus, receive a different gospel, and receive a different spirit. It just so happens that the serpent beguiled Eve by telling her that she would become God. That's exactly what Mormonism teaches, that you can become God. Uh, it's the same lie that was taught in Eden. That's what tickles the ears, that they can become their own gods and have their own planets and so forth and, and their own plans of salvation and what have you. And Chad, the reason uh, when we're talking to a Mormon at the door, uh, I really felt that, feel this is like one of the best ways to bring people to Christ when they belong to a cult is to look at the authority. What's the leadership teaching? Who are they? Because that's the test that Jesus gave us, right? He says to test them, you know, bad, you know, Uh, A bad tree cannot uh, produce good fruit. So what's the tree of a prophet? His prophecies. So we look at Joseph Smith and we say, okay, let's look at the fruit of your prophecies, whether they took place or not, whether they uh, came to pass or not. And you can check out that message because we go into more detail on Joseph Smith's false prophecies if you want to use this tactic. Uh, So we won't go into all his false prophecies, but I give one where he actually uh, falsely prophesied the coming of Christ and it didn't take place in the years he said it would take place. Uh, that makes you a false prophet. And in Deuteronomy 18, Chad, as you know, it just takes one false prophecy to make you a false prophet. And and some women say, well, what about these spiritual experiences? I had this burn in the bosom. It says, as I mentioned, you can have a sense, a, a, you receive a different spirit. In Deuteronomy 13, says, Chad, as you know, a false prophet can even have a dream that comes to pass, have supernatural evidence, but he leads you away from the one true God. And that's very important. And what's up with Joseph Smith when you look at his prophecies he actually retroactively wrote himself into the Bible. So what the cults typically do is they undermine God's word, just like Satan did, not only saying you shall become as God, but hath God said, Satan said. That's how Satan works. He gets you to doubt God's word. And Mormons will say the Bible has been corrupted. And Joseph Smith's come along to restore the true gospel and restore the true church. So what I like to do is talk to Mormons about, hey, uh, the Bible warns in Proverbs, in Deuteronomy, in Revelation Chapter 22, not to add or take away to his word. And I think this is important because Joseph Smith's both added and taken away from the word of God. Now, I had some Mormon apologists, lawyers at the fellowship where I pastor at Blessed Oak Chapel when we showed God Makers 2 and we advertised it. And they had shown up. And when I mentioned that, uh, they, they, these were two lawyers, by the way. They said, well, wait a minute. In the book of Revelation, it's not to take out or take away to the book of this prophecy. It's not talking about the Bible as a whole. Well, Deuteronomy. And uh, Proverbs uh, specifically speak of not adding to His Word, right? Uh, and Revelation, I said. So you're saying it really is speaking not to add or take away to the Book of Revelation? Is that right? Ooh, man, they, they they stepped in it, man. They were like, yes, that's exactly what He's saying. I'm saying, well, I have Joseph Smith's New Translation of the Bible, where He adds and takes away to the Book of Revelation, but He also adds in a prophecy. And by the way, Mormons will not bring this to your door. They'll bring the King James Version to your door. Why? Ask them, hey, why don't you use the Joseph Smith translation? And because they know he retroactively, it's embarrassing to the church, the so-called church, the the Latter-day Saint church, the Mormons, uh, that he retroactively put himself in Genesis chapter 50. And if you open up your Bible to Genesis chapter 50, verse 30, you'll realize there's no 30 there. But Joseph Smith, is, who didn't know Hebrew, by the way, didn't know Greek, said, well, actually there's a prophecy about me that was taken out by the Jews years and years ago. It's not in any manuscript anywhere. It's just a, a, a bald-faced lie. But we read in verse 30, verse 30 says, and again, a seer will I raise up from the fruit of my loins. And then in verse 33, and that seer will I bless. In the middle of verse 33, and his name will shall be called Joseph. And he shall be after the name of his father, Joseph Smith's father was named Joseph. So you have him retroactively putting himself in. Can you imagine Chad saying, hey, actually, man, God's called me to restore the church. And there's actually props to me. Well, where, Chad? Well, it's not there. But hey, guess what? He writes this. I says, look, it was right there. It was just missing. And there's no manuscripts to support it. That you think would be obvious for anybody to see. And I know a lot of people, you know, they've got this feeling, and the Bible warns about receiving a different spirit. Also, can you imagine Chad or myself saying that we, we're better than Jesus? We've done more than Jesus? In fact, if we'd ever say anything like that, I would hope you would tune out and never listen to us again, okay? But that could never, the thought can't even enter in our minds, right? Well, Joseph Smith said this, and by the way, this is in the History of the Church, Volume 6, page 408, uh, and Joseph Smith says, come on, you, you prosecutors, you false witnesses, all hell, boil over, you burning mountains, roll down your lava. For I will come out on top at last, Joseph Smith says, I have more to boast of than any man had. Whoa. Now the fruit of Joseph Smith, man, we're looking at his prophecies. We're looking at uh, him saying he'd come back when he didn't come back. We're looking at him, the fruit of his heart, his character. He says he has more to boast of than any man. I am the only man that has ever been able to keep the whole church together since the days of Adam, which is, by the way, a lie, which we'll get into a little bit later. A large majority of the whole have stood by me, neither Paul, nor John, nor Jesus ever did it. I boast that no man ever did such a work as I. The followers of Jesus, they ran away from him, but the Latter-day Saints never ran away from me yet. When they can get rid of me, the devil will also go. Wow, Chad, I mean, this is and we gotta we gotta cover more subjects than Joseph Smith being a false prophet, but that's one way you deal with it because that's what Jesus dealt with, that false prophets would arise, and we're supposed to test the false prophets. And when you if you deal with a Mormon, you're saying, hey, look at he said only many will go to destruction, few will go to life. And then he warned about false prophets. And it looks like you have that teaching wrong about who goes to life. And what if Joseph Smith's not a true prophet? Then you deal with his prophecies, you deal with his arrogance and showing forth that he is a wolf in sheep's clothing.
1: Yeah, and as you're sitting here to hopefully take notes, and if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, uh, make sure to subscribe, but also check out the graphic that you have there because you can get the references there and actually know exactly where it came from. So, Joe, we've gone from, hey, we it seems like he's definitely a false prophet, because he is. But now what about the gospel message? Because we have a clear gospel message in the scriptures that we have, But what about their gospel message and is it something that is different and if it's different, is it false?
2: Yeah, and Chad, that's a very important question because uh, we can identify false gospels. We can, in in Islam, we realize it warns that uh, false gospel, and Muhammad talked about having the true gospel that was restored. The same kind of activity while well, the Bible was corrupted. I had to restore the gospel, and, and Jabriel or Gabriel had revealed the gospel to him, he says. But the, the Bible says, he says, an angel came to him. The angel Jabriel or Gabriel came to him. But the Bible says, every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And in 1 John, and he that denies the Father and the Son is Antichrist. And this Jabriel denied that Jesus is the son of God. Therefore, the Bible says he sends forth his angels and their ministering spirits. The spirit was a false angel preaching a false gospel. Well, the same is true of Mormonism. In Galatians 1, 6 through 8, Paul says, I marvel that you're so quickly being removed from him who's called you into the gospel of Christ, right? And, And receiving a different gospel. And he says, if we are an angel from heaven, We, even the apostle Paul or angel from heaven, preach another gospel to you than that which we preach to you, let him be accursed. So the Bible warns that there's the fallen angels, Satan comes to the angel of light, right, disguised himself as angel of light, preaching these false gospels. And well, how is Mormonism a false gospel? Well, if you go by a Mormon temple, you'll see this big statue of Moroni at the top of the temple. I used to, as a younger Christian, I probably shouldn't have, I call him the angel Bologna right? Because they're preaching a bunch of baloney, but I don't do that anymore because I want to be careful not even to say, use terms of even demonic entities, but the angel Moroni, because uh, they they claim he's brought, he's fulfilled Revelation 14, the angel will preach the everlasting gospel. There's a big difference there. The angel will preach the everlasting gospel, and that's the same gospel, the everlasting gospel, not a new gospel. And that happens in Revelation 14, Chad, as you know, during the great tribulation period, that hasn't been fulfilled yet. So they costly misappropriate various texts, and they use them in the wrong way. But what's interesting, Paul says they'll preach a different gospel. Well, when the Book of Mormon, the Book of Mormons that they pass out at the door, they literally say, Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ, which is quite amazing. You know, Chad, from uh, Nephi and other Mormon passages, Second Nephi chapter 25, this is in the Book of Mormon, verse 23. We know that it is by grace that we are saved after all that we can do. So, you're really only saved by grace after everything and all the effort you put forth. Therefore, your works come into helping you merit your salvation. There's a some word way. missing there, Jeff. Yeah. There's yeah, a specific that's word that's and missing. What is that, there. Chad?
1: That would be faith.
2: Yeah, exactly. That it
1: literally is missing from the text Amen. that is obviously stolen from Ephesians chapter 2. That's right. That is stolen right. from Ephesians chapter 2 and nixed out and actually Amen. taken out of. It's and very it's interesting.
2: A, it's, a, it's a change into the gospel. You're exactly right. In fact, Joseph Biss also added a word. In his new uh, translation, Joseph Smith translation, in Romans chapter four verse five, he writes, "But to him that seeketh not to be justified by the works of the law, but believeth on him." Now, the, the King James says, "Believeth on him who justifieth the ungodly," but he adds a word, "But believeth on him who justifieth not the ungodly." His faith will be counted for righteousness. Mm. So he's saying in his translation that really God doesn't justify the ungodly. Remember that ungodly sinner in the in the in the in the, in the temple beating his chest. God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner, the tax gatherer. Jesus says he left justified. And then
1: Joseph Smith looked over and said, I'm glad I'm not that guy.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He would be like a Pharisee that would be there. That's right. So one thing to do is share with them, hey, what's the true gospel? Uh, John 3.16, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, John uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, which he just butchered, along with Romans 4, 5, which he butchered. In fact, a friend of mine, Wally Tope, who was actually martyred for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, passing out tracts, was kicked into a coma, and died. He used to he wrote books on Mormonism, and he was a friend of mine, a, a wonderful uh, wonderful brother. Uh, he followed the Mormon uh, head president or prophet around a little bit, trying to show the gospel. He finally was able to talk to him and says, do you know where it says the gospel is in the, in the Bible? Can you say where Paul says, I declare the gospel to you? The president of the Mormon church didn't know where it was while he opened it up. I declared in the gospel uh, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. And he he claims to be the president, the prophet of the, the church, which obviously he wasn't. But this is interesting right here. This is Brigham Young, the second biggest prophet of Mormonism. There is not a man or a woman who violates the covenants made with their God that will not be required to pay the debt. The blood of Christ will never wipe that out. Your own blood must atone for it. And I have a lot of quotes. I'm not going to skip them all. You can go back to the message that we referenced. That's uh, if you go, you go to the, uh, you're on, the, you're watching this. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can go to the site and, and click the message and get more detail. Because I quote many of these where Brigham Young talks about how he'd stick a javelin through his wife if she commit adultery, so he could save her from her sins because. Christ's blood can't atone for all sins. That's that's like, you know, you need that's as bad as purgatory with among the Roman Catholics, is that you need to atone for your own sins by shedding your own blood. And Chad, we know that Jesus said, or the Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light as he's light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all, all sin. sin. And verse 9 of the same chapter, 1 John chapter 1, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive us of our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Thank God for the true gospel of the Lord jesus christ and i'm going to make a couple more points before we get to the next thing Uh, but it's interesting when you read the introduction the book of mormon joseph smith has these visitations to add from this angel and it's interesting because the angel is actually denying the true gospel because joseph smith not says not to join any of the other churches because they're all false it's a false gospel he's getting the true gospel and after this angel denies the true gospel his third time he denies the gospel what happened when peter denied the lord three times remember what happened
1: he needed to be restored. Yeah, and the cock crowed, right? The cock crowed. <laughs> the right? the cock crowed. Says, yeah.
2: What's interesting, Joseph Smith says, and I, I go through this and that message, and word for word, I, I read from the introduction to the Book of Mormon, his third visitation, he says, and after the angel left after the third time, he says, then the cock crowed. I mean, you're like, what? You're reading wow. that? And it's like Satan leaving his fingerprints. And Satan just laughs. He's like, I'm just going to spread these lies around and these cults will believe it and so forth. But one of the crazy things is, listen to Brigham Young. This is from Journal of Discourses, volume seven, page 240. And I've got all 20 some volumes of the journal discourses Brigham Young's teaching by the way Brigham Young said that when his messages were preached right and approved by him they were as good as scripture is couched in the Mormon holy books you know Brigham Young says are there any communications from evil spirits yes and the devil is making the people believe very strongly in revelations from the spirit world this is called spiritualism and it is said that thousands of spirits declare Mormonism is true and Brigham Young says, many of you know that you cannot get your endowment without the devils being present. Indeed, we cannot make rapid progress without the devils. I know that it frightens the righteous sectarians, speaking of Christians, right? Their world to think that we have so many devils with us. That's Mormonism. We cannot prosper without them. And I've got other quotes from him where he says, right as I'm sharing with you, I could keep my hands on these devils because they assist me when I preach. Brothers and sisters, man, he knew he was possessed. He knew these demons were using him. They're promoting a false gospel.
1: No, it's important, and if you want to have just a couple of references that maybe you could just jot down real quick that may help you, and this, this is a, a great one that he already did, I would love for you to take him through 2 Timothy 3.16. Ask them if they believe that or if it's been mistranslated, and if they believe that the Bible is the Word of God, then you can take them to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, which, as, as Joe mentioned, that that's one of those gospel verses that you can take him to. You've been saved by grace, through faith, it's a gift of God, and not by works, lest any man should boast. And then take them to Second Nephi 25, 23, as Joe already referenced. And that is a good starting point for you guys that maybe you're just getting knocked on, and you're like, maybe I won't have all these quotes, but you can grab something to uh, talk and specifically share that we have a different gospel here. All right, Joe, so we have gone through whether or not he's a true prophet. We've gone through whether or not they teach a, a true gospel. What about... Jesus. What do they teach yeah, about Yeah, and when you're
2: dealing with the cults and you're trying to win them to Christ and you're trying to share with them uh the ultimate, you know, general gen the, the genuine article is Jesus. Right? They were having the right Jesus. And Jesus is the creator of all things, right? And uh, and saying, "Hey, uh I understand that you believe that Jesus was the spirit brother of Lucifer." That's just what I was taught that is is that what you really believe because they believe that Jesus was just one of many spirits in the spirit world and Jesus and Satan were different spirits that came up with different plans about humanity and God the Father, and Jesus is not a triune God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is the one true God. They don't believe in the tr- trinity, uh, the scriptural biblical trinity. Uh, they say, well, J- Jesus had the better plan and then Satan got upset and that's what all is going on in the spiritual world. Well, what you can do is warn them that 2 Corinthians chapter 11 says that Satan not only comes in the angel of light, but he preaches the different Jesus, amen? And uh, how can you tell what, who the true Jesus is? And you have to reason with them and say, would you use a new dollar bill to test an old or a new hundred dollar bill to test the old one to see if the old, old one is true? Or would you take the original hundred dollar bill and then test the new one to see which one's the counterfeit? Obviously, they're going to use logic. They're going to say, well, yeah, you want to look at the original article. You say, okay, you know, Mormonism has is a Johnny-come-lately religion. Don't use that terminology. I'm using that with you. But uh, just say it's come later. Let's test it with the original. And what you might invest in, I have a new world, or I should say I have a Joseph Smith translation of the Bible. So, you can whip that open. You can show where Joseph Smith not added himself in chapter 50 to the book of Genesis, but uh, which, by the way, contains a false prophecy of Joseph Smith because it says he'd never be confounded and those who were seeking to destroy him would not be able to destroy him. Well, he could never finish the Joseph Smith translation. Why? Because he was put to death. He was infighting with other Mormons who were against polygamy and they were putting uh, press, uh, they were using their, their press, their newspaper press, to get articles out against. The polygamy of the other Mormons, like Joseph Smith, and he ordered the destruction of that printing press, Chad. And then they ended, he ended up getting killed. He had a gun too. Somebody gave him a gun because he was arrested, and he he fought back, but he ended up dying. And he was stopped uh, by 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 his enemies, and it says they would be confounded, not be able to stop him, and they they would be destroyed. But they got to him actually. Uh, but anyway, you can open up the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible. And point out, hey, you guys are preaching a different gospel and you're preaching a different Jesus because the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same was beginning with God, and everything was made by Him, and nothing was made but by Jesus, right? That He's the Creator, He's God, He's the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, they actually changed Chad, John 1-1. Now we're used to Jehovah's Witnesses, they change John 1-1, they say, You know, Jesus is a A God, God, but when you ask him, well, how many gods are there? And we don't get into how to witness the JWs, but they'll say, well, one, well, how could you have a God here? And he's not, not the true God, but you say he's not a false God either. Well, he butchered that verse even more than the Jehovah Witnesses. In fact, Chad, I read it in the Greek and I'm not going to do here when I gave that study, there's 17 words in John chapter three, uh, I'm sorry, John chapter one, verse one, his translation has 35 words. He added a lot of words. He adds and takes away a lot, right? He teaches a different Jesus. Chad, I want to follow this back to you. I'm going to read to you his version, Joseph Smith's translation, and I want you to let me know if it's biblical. Joseph Smith writes, in the beginning was the gospel preached through the Son, and the gospel was the Word, and the Word was with the Son, and the Son was with God, and the Son was of God. The same was in the beginning with God.
0: Well,
1: first of all, the gospel is nowhere in John 1, one. Uangelion is the word for gospel. It's Lagos. Right. In Harkayan and Prostantheon, in a logos. I mean, just just from the starting point, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what is going on there? where uh, you're trying to interpret that. That's absolutely ridiculous. Right.
2: Later, the word becomes flesh. So we mean the gospel all of a sudden started walking around, you know? Uh, and, and, and by the way, it's quite interesting here because he says, instead of the word was God, the word was of God, Right. And he just gets so much wrong here, but he didn't know Greek, you know, and I, and, and I know we're just about out of time, we want to cover other areas, maybe we'll have a part two of this down the line, but our hope and prayer is that you can clearly see that it's not only a false gospel, but we can now share the true Jesus with him. that Jesus is a creator of all things and he loves them and he gave himself for them and salvation is a free gift uh, by grace through faith that we save not of ourselves the gift of God, lest anyone should boast.
1: Amen, guys. And and if somebody's knocking at your door as Mormon, you guys can review this and hopefully be able to share with them the true gospel, not another gospel, but the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ.
2: Amen.
0: You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202 Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1 866 JC Truth. That's 1 866 528 7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on The Good Fight Radio Show.